0: This is Josh Kanak, and I'm a sales agronomist in CHS Ag Services in Hazel, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Sierra Doctor. South Dakota State University Extension climatologist Laura Edwards says the end of November could bring a warm front.
2: Well, it looks like uh, for the next one to two days, see some chances of snowy precipitation in eastern South Dakota. We're going to continue with very cold temperatures as compared to typical for this time of year. With temperatures in, in the next five days here, you know, 10 to 20 degrees below average for this time of year. So. Um, looks like the cold weather is going to hang on with us for another week, week and a half or so. But as we look out towards the last week of November, uh, we start to see a change in the pattern towards more typical, if not warmer than average temperatures, kind of coming in from the west.
1: Edwards says there may be a chance of snow in southern South Dakota, but the rest of North Dakota and Minnesota should be in the clear.
2: Yeah, most of the the chances of snow are really from now until Thursday. And then it turns pretty quiet uh, thereafter for the weekend. um, And really not much as far as precipitation, at least, uh, into early next week. So maybe that drying trend is going to start sooner rather than later.
3: The Minnesota Corn Growers Association is joining other state corn grower organizations and the National Corn Growers Association in urging the U.S. Trade Representative's Office to seek a trade action against Mexico's proposed 2024 ban on biotech corn. Minnesota Corn Growers Association President Richard Syverson says the ban on biotech corn is a trade barrier not allowed under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement.
4: We have a a U.S.-MCA, the Mm -hmm. United States-Mexico-Canadian trade agreement, that addresses uh, uh, non-tariff trade barriers, And this kind of tends to fall into that category. So we're really uh, trying to work with the, um, with the appropriate authorities uh, to challenge this. Uh, Mexico is a huge market for U.S. corn. Last year they they imported uh, 661 million bushels of U.S. corn. They're usually one of the, they're always one of the top three uh, corn importers, uh, customers of ours. And, And so they're a, uh, it's a big economic uh deal.
3: Stevenson says there is currently not enough time or infrastructure to comply with Mexico's ban even if it were allowed to continue.
4: President Obrador of Mexico has proposed uh, that no biotech corn or corn treated with glyphosate would be allowed after 2024. Well, as anybody in the farming industry knows, we're ordering seed for 2023 which would be the corn that would be sold in 2024 right now. And there isn't any volume of non-biotech corn seed to be had. And even if we could plant it and grow it, I don't think the capacity exists within our grain handling system to segregate it properly so that it would pass the tests uh, once it got to Mexico. Uh, I think uh, we just need to work through the uh, regulatory and the legal and the uh, trade uh, policy people so that we can uh, uh, address this before it becomes a a, a huge um, barrier to trade uh, going forward.
1: South Dakota Corn Executive Director Danita Murray says harvest is essentially wrapped up in South Dakota.
5: You know, I'm not going to say there isn't a field or two out there. I think last week USDA perhaps had said corn harvest was, 91% 91% complete. I think that number's a little on the low side by this week, but the long and the short of it is if a grower at this point uh, has corn left standing in a field in South Dakota, it's largely uh, by choice. Uh, it, perhaps they uh, work off-farm and have, you know, kind of farm as, as a second occupation, but it's certainly not weather-related.
1: Murray is disappointed with how the corn yields came off
5: i have two words and that's below average on yields. unfortunately the drought in uh... southern south dakota really took a toll on the state's averages uh... in the northern part of the state you know for instance brown county uh... home to the largest number of bushel of corn in south dakota in any county uh, was likely i've heard anecdotally running probably a decent average would be ten percent below average so unfortunately uh... I'm going to have to stick to my guns that I predicted earlier this year with a below-average corn harvest here in the state.
3: North Dakota Corn Council Executive Director Gene Henning is thankful corn harvest went better than planting this spring.
6: USDA had us at 96% harvested. Uh, what I'm hearing from everyone is that it's rare right now to see corn out in the field. Everyone's pretty much harvested and complete. Uh, you know, we had difficulty getting in the spring, uh, kind of a late planting season. We were really hoping for a good fall that we could, uh, you know, carry this, carry this crop into the fall. And- We're lucky enough to get that. Um, Luckily, also our rains that we received in the spring were able to hold off and kind of, you know, had enough soil uh, moisture that we were able to have a pretty decent crop.
3: The corn came off dry and the quality was good.
6: So um, what I'm hearing from farmers all over the state is that uh, we're pretty much looking at average yields. We had uh, excellent test weights, uh, and the moisture, uh, the the corn that's coming off the field actually is quite dry, uh, which should save uh, farmers some propane costs uh, this fall. So overall, a very good crop. Um, You know, we would have liked to have seen a little bit more rain over the summer, but uh, overall, uh, I think the farmers are pretty happy with the crop that they received. 96%
1: of South Dakota's corn has been harvested. That compares to 88% last year, 77% for the five-year average. 93% of the sunflowers have been harvested, well ahead of last year's 81%, and the five-year average is 70%. 37% of South Dakota's winter wheat is rated poor to very poor, with only 24% rated good to excellent. Topsoil moisture rated 87% short to very short. 96%
3: 96% of North Dakota's corn has been harvested ahead of the 89% done last year and well ahead of the 69% five-year average. 91% of North Dakota's sunflowers have been harvested ahead of the 81% last year and the 71% five-year average. North Dakota's winter wheat is raised 62% good to excellent. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network.
1: Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. 96% of Minnesota's corn has been harvested, compares to 92% last week and 86% on the five-year average. Sunflower harvest in Minnesota, 93% done. That's up from 87% last week and the five-year average also 87%. Topsoil moisture in Minnesota rated 60% short to very short. National Corn Growers Association's Board of director hiring Headland Ag Enterprises to assist with a search for a new CEO identifying and vetting potential candidates continuing through, uh, will continue through the end of the year and into the beginning of next year. NCGA hopes to introduce the new CEO during Commodity Classic in March of 2023.
3: The focus of the grain trade is shifting to South American production. Bauer Trading President Jim Bauer is expecting a massive crop.
7: We will need to watch Brazil and Argentina for the next major clue, either up or down depending upon the weather forecast. And there is rain in the forecast for some pretty key areas, more so Brazil, to a lesser extent, Argentina. Any rain that Argentina can get certainly are beneficial because they got toasted there for a while. And we'll have to see what that weather pattern actually takes place.
3: Bauer is not concerned with planting delays due to dry weather in Brazil or Argentina.
7: You stick a plant of the size that they have, or, or, or we have, you, you can plant 10,000 acres in a week pretty fast with some of the uh, large scale equipment that they've got, especially in Brazil, where these fields are so big they can run heavy, larger scale he- heads and they can really go at it with, with sort of labor costs because it's cheap. So Harvest isn't so delineated and, and so it's almost secretive uh, what, what's going on. It's not that way in Brazil. Brazil just punches out new territory, new production, and we're going to have to deal with it next year for sure.
1: Spring wheat basis levels at the six regional grain elevators followed by the Red River Farm Network are unchanged from two weeks ago. The exception is Yulin, Minnesota. Eulin's spring wheat basis uh, firm from 50 under the December Minneapolis contract to 25 cents under. Corn basis improved by twenty cents at Grebner, South Dakota to fifteen cents under the December futures. Corn basis ranges from fifteen to fifty-five cents under the December futures. Soybean basis ranging from twenty cents over to fifty cents under the January futures.
3: Bennett Consulting Market Analyst Matt Bennett says the grains are reacting to export activity.
0: You come in here today and I feel like you know the market maybe feels like uh, Oh, I don't know. There's really not a whole lot of negative news out there at the same time. So, um, you know, I, to be honest with you, I don't think there's any big earth-shattering news. Uh, a little bit of export activity. So we saw export sales on the morning wire. I'll tell you what, it's nice to see that, especially seeing a little bit, you know, whenever it comes to uh, uh, corn. And so Mexico stepped in, bought a little bit of corn and beans, and I think it definitely set the tone maybe to, you know, get a little bit back of what we've lost over the last few days.
3: Bennett says the livestock market appears to be treading water.
0: You know, the livestock market, you know, right now is not doing hardly anything on the day. Uh, As far as feeders, they're down a little bit. Uh, Hogs are up some, but, you know, fats aren't doing anything. Uh, I still think this fat cattle market is going to be a strong one, uh, especially moving forward. You know, you look at the kind of uh, markets that... uh, uh you know uh look at the fundamentals you know in in this uh uh, fat cattle market and bottom line is is that it's got to be strong moving forward yeah i'm not saying that we're just going to rally through the roof but uh the numbers would suggest that you're just not going to be able to kill this thing
1: usda has announced nearly 24 million dollar investments across 45 organizations and institutions that teach and train beginning farmers and ranchers the investment is part of Agriculture's Beginning Farmer and Rancher Development Program that supports farmers and ranchers in managing capital, acquiring and managing land, and learning effective farming practices. Go to the Red River Farm Network for more information. You can visit Facebook, Twitter, or RRFN.com. You can also find stories, podcasts, and more. Reporting Agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network.
3: Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Soybean processing capacity in the U.S. is on the upward growth. American Soybean Association Chief Economist, Scott Gert, says interest in soy crush facilities isn't just limited to where previous facilities have been built.
8: We're seeing it across a fair amount of the U.S., um, quite a bit in the traditional heartland, Um, you know, Illinois, Iowa, um, Missouri, Uh, some in kansas but i'd say the area that's really a little bit more new is um nebraska north dakota um a little bit more minnesota traditionally soybeans were grown more in the heartland and uh, over time there's been more growth in those northern plains areas and we're starting to see um some of the crush facilities follow that growth um so it'll move the kind of the average location for a crush plant a little bit more to the north and west um, than it was before all, all of this expansion.
3: Girl says there's been twenty four announcements for new plants or expansion of existing plants.
8: There's around twenty four um, right now that that we know about. And so to put that in comparison, there's currently a little over sixty. And when I say twenty four that includes some expansion. It's not all just new. But I mean, still you're looking at about a third of facilities um either expanding or or um, new. And so, as far as total processing capacity, that's going to add, you know, around a third of um, a third increase in processing capacity in the United States. So it's a significant addition. But I do want to add that these are announcements. Some are have been some are complete. Some are currently um, undergoing expansion. But there is a risk that not all of the announcements would come to fruition.
1: World Trade Organization and the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization are calling for urgent action to address the global fertilizer supply. The two groups have released a study about the current volatility in the fertilizer market and its impact on food security. Fertilizer shortages are expected to continue into 2023 and threaten food security, especially in places like Africa that are dependent on imports. Study calls all G20 nations uh, to make every effort possible to keep fertilizer markets open. Checking markets before we leave you, we're seeing uh, wheat in Minneapolis nine higher, twelve higher in Kansas, in Chicago nine higher in Kansas City. Corn trading ten higher, and soybeans fourteen to fifteen cents higher. December cattle down seventeen cents. February cattle sixty cents higher. January feeder cattle now down $2.57. December hogs are trading $0.37 higher. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.